Prepare to be captivated by the business story of the week, hosted by me, Shaheen Shan. Join us on a journey through the twists and turns of entrepreneurial triumphs and setbacks. Immerse yourself in the narrative and witness the magic that turns dreams into reality. This is Business Story of the Week. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome back to Business Story of the Week, where we bring you the best and the brightest when it comes to anything business to complement your journey, entrepreneurial, executive, motivational. And boy, I, I feel like we get, we're going to get a lot of motivation today and a lot more than motivation. Um, we have quite the achieved guest here tonight, I might add. Um, I get right into it. Robin Benincasa, did I, am I saying that right, Robin? Yeah, yep, you got Robin it. Robin Benincasa is a world champion adventure racer, a 23-year veteran firefighter for the city of San Diego, a New York Times bestselling author, and a CNN hero for the founding, for founding the project Athena Foundation. She definitely knows a thing or two about building a world-class team, succeeding against the toughest odds, and turning life setbacks into beautiful comeback stories. Um, Robin, before we got into this, I already told you, I feel like there is no need for a long introduction for you. That is such a storied, you know, like experience in what you've had right there. Um, I really want to get into it right away, but first of all, how are you? How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Yay. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this is exciting. This is a thrill. So uh, I'm really honored to be part of this and to kind of share some of my background and experience in the hope that it'll help some other people live their dreams. Um, I am great. Uh, I'm in San Diego today, and right. uh, which is exciting because I'm not here a lot. We're on the We're on the road about 180 days a year. So oh, wow. every day that I can be at home, um, you know, running running the trails here or paddling my kayak or kissing my puppy is a good day. <laughs> oh, absolutely, um, Robin. I, I'm 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 speaking. I'm sure I'm not only speaking for myself and all the other audiences, and that I am very um, excited in what you're about to share us today. Um, let me get right into it. In your experience, because one of the first things that really stood out for me is like your experience as a world champion adventure racer and a veteran firefighter for 23 years. This is a really long time. How have you seen, and this is, these are your words, and I believe that came from, I've heard from one of your, from one of your videos. Um, how have you seen the principles of human synergy come to life in high pressure situations? And what lessons have you learned that you would like to share to us when it comes to facing adversity? Okay, um, let's see. So I come from a, a back athletic background of lots of yeah. solo sports. Uh -huh. And so I was like, you know, gymnastics, diving, track, cross country, judo, uh, triathlon, uh, wow. Ironman. And I don't, I only tell you this to tell you that I don't tell you that to tell you this. And that is that 
you know, solo sports were great and they were wonderful and they were fun, but boy, uh-huh. did I learn something when I started the sport of adventure racing that's carried through right. to everything that has happened for the rest of my life. And so in adventure racing, it's te- a team-based sport. So okay. you have teams of four or five people, depending on the rules of the race, but basically mixed gender okay. teams. And the race director will ask you to meet them in these really remote places, like the middle right. of the Borneo rainforest or or the top of this mountain in Tibet or wow. you know these just crazy out of the way places. Oh, wow. And then they hand each team maps and, and road rules for the, for the race. Uh-huh. And the minute they say go, um, you are kayaking, mountain biking, whitewater rafting, mountaineering, you know, kind of doing whatever it takes to get the usually 600 to 1,000 miles to the finish line. And you oh, navigate nice. your own course the entire way. So there's not a marked course. Wow. You have to use a map and compass and figure out where you're going. But oh. the, the toughest part of it is is not only doing all the sports, but but there's a, a interesting rule in the sport that you have to start and cross the finish line with every single member of your team. So everyone has yeah. to be within 50 yards of each other from start to finish. And wow. it really brings up, you know, something interesting in that, um, you know, yeah. if you lose one teammate in this sport, your entire team is disqualified. Yeah. So the the focus came from just being really fast individuals to mm-hmm. how do I create that culture on my team where oh. We're not just out here with each other on the race course. We're out here for each other because that's the only way we're going to get everybody across this finish line is, you know, everybody has to be fully engaged and have that, you know, 100% ownership the entire time. Everyone has to deeply care about these three or four other people, almost more so than you care about yourself Uh, or else you, you know, you, you lose, you know, when, when people are dispirited, they're going to quit the race and then you can't finish either. So, so our team kind of created this, what we called human synergy. And it was all about how do I lend my collective strength to this team and, Mm -hmm. and how do we get each other across this finish line? So in our case, it became literally towing each other on the end of bungee cords where like a stronger person in a particular moment would actually attach a bungee cord to somebody who maybe that particular sport wasn't their real strength. And we would just take them with us instead of waiting for our slowest person, or we'd constantly move, we'd move weight around. Like people would carry each other's weight. Like if you were stronger, you would look around and say, who else's weight can I carry? Maybe I can take somebody else's pack. Uh And so that created some real consistency of our success was when we you know, thought of our strength as collective and also our challenges as collective. And we all left our egos at the start line and we didn't see accepting help as a weakness. Mm-hmm. It created some incredibly consistent success for our team. So we were world champions in the sport for over 10 years. And, um, you know, it was all about not because we were the most amazing athletes. It was the way we rolled, you know, it was kind of this deep yeah. understanding of, of how we took care of each other. Uh-huh. And so kind of once I started in that sport and did that for about 15 years, uh, this is where the business side of it comes in. Um, okay. <laughs> I am rambling on and on. Um, oh, the good. the business ahead. side. <laughs> okay. God, it's a fantastic story. And th- so then I became a, a, a inspirational speaker totally by accident. Okay. So um, after 15 years of kind of racing at the at the top of mm-hmm. our game in this sport. Uh, well, it wasn't all top for a game in the beginning. I had a lot of last place and, uh-huh. you know, and then I realized, you know, figured this out and got better teammates and then learned all, all about right. synergy. But, uh, you know, we didn't start out at the top. But um, 
after 15 years of doing this sport, somehow we caught our team in this sport caught the attention of Fast Company magazine, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners, you know, know who who Fast Company is. Uh And so they wanted to do a story called Extreme Teamwork. And their idea for the article was to get some of the world's most consistently high performing teams, like in these extreme, crazy, challenging situations and see what they could glean from all of us and apply to fast moving companies. So they they got a hold of our adventure racing team and I believe the mm-hmm. other teams that they interviewed were like from Industrial Light and Magic and NASA mm-hmm. and all kinds of teams that work in these incredibly challenging and, and fast paced situations. Uh-huh. And they interviewed all of us and created an article about what could be applied to fast moving companies. And wow. so they then had a reader conference And they asked somebody from our team to come speak at the reader conference about our brand of teamwork and Uh our brand of extreme teamwork. And I like basically drew the short straw. Nobody else on my team would do it. So so there I was like totally panicking because I'm an introvert in my real life, totally panicking. (laughs) And, you know, I I made up a presentation called um, the essential elements of human synergy. And, and and I had to present it to all these, you know, big time (laughs) readers of Fast Company magazine at this event. And Uh I thought I was going to die. But but when I started writing down like what it was about our team that that created this synergy, it was crazy, Mm -hmm. because when I started writing all the things down, it was almost a perfect acronym for teamwork. And I was like, Oh, like the angels were singing. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. Like this is, and so what I presented is sort of the model that these are the eight essential elements that create human synergy. And it's a acronym for teamwork and it's total commitment, you know, to each other and to the finish line. Uh Uh, The E is empathy and awareness, you know, that human Uh connection. Uh, The A is adversity management skills. You know, what is your attitude through times of incredible challenge and change? Uh, then mutual respect is the M uh-huh. and then uh, we thinking versus me thinking, you know, okay. that idea about the African proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, we all got to go together, you know, yeah. like thinking as, you know, sharing our strengths and equally importantly, sharing our challenges and how do we create that we thinking environment in a culture? Uh, the O is ownership of the project. How do you get that 100% buy-in, you know, from every single person on your team? That they're never going to give up, and that they that they genuinely and deeply are inspired by the mission and by each other, and wow. um, and they then they have ownership of the results. Uh, the wow. R is relinquishment of ego. You know, everyone's okay. got to leave their ego at the start wow. line. It's the heaviest thing in your pack. Mm-hmm. And then K is kinetic leadership, meaning leadership okay. that that flows and changes from from two perspectives. Changing okay. leaders, meaning everyone on the on the team should be able to lead at any given time based on their talents yeah. and not just. Yeah considering titles or tenure, because that's not mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. You know, leadership changes constantly on a, on a world-class oh. team. And then the next perspective is changing leadership styles and knowing uh-huh. the right leader to be in that moment and having that ability to kinetically oh. move from the coach, the friend, the, the, you know, the visionary, the, I know the way, follow me, you know, pace yeah. setting, you know, there's lots of different kinds of leadership styles and the best leaders can constantly change between them based on what their people need. And when you have all of those eight essential elements lined up, uh-huh. you uh, you have a you know you have a world class team, you have a world class marriage. You know, anytime you're you're kind of connecting to other human beings, even if it's five minutes on a call or for a lifetime, if you have those eight essential elements, you're going to have a great relationship. You're going to have great outcomes. 
Wow, uh, you really like rattled off some really great stuff in there. I I want to highlight a little bit the bit of serendipity that you had in there, where you were you drew the short straw, being the speaker, and then coming up with this acronym that really resonates and that really communicates properly, where you guys are really practicing in a sense, in essence, right? Like what you guys mm -hmm. are teaching right now. Um, Robin, I love that part, especially when you said highlighting the leadership qualities in different people. Of course, it's just one of the many acronyms of what you came up with. But I want to dig into that. When, when you mentioned that um, success or perhaps inspiration comes from when you highlight the greatness of others, right? The leadership in others. I'm really interested and I'm always a, t a story type of guy. Can you tell me a story, like a precise story or an example where this approach significantly impacted your team's performance and morale, whether it be the adventure rating, racing or firefighting? I am very interested. Tell, tell us about that. Like you mean like a like a kinetic style of, of leadership? Like, yeah, like kinetic style kind of, of leadership. Or anything that is in the acronym of yours, where you kind of had to highlight someone else or give way to someone else, and okay, you know, they're really highlighting their greatness and allowing you guys to succeed. Tell me well, a story. I'll tell you a story. I'll, I'll tell you a story about how we kind of um, came upon the concept of we thinking. And, okay. and this collective strength um, on a team and allowing different leaders to emerge, you know, kind of based on their strengths. And uh -huh. we were at the start line of the world championships in, in Ecuador. And right before like the, the gun went off about five minutes before the start, which started with a 75 mile run at 14,000 feet elevation. My team wow. captain <laughs> turned to all of us, you know, we're all standing there with our mandatory equipment on our mandatory packs, like all the other teams. And he okay. turned to all of us and said, hey guys, take all your mandatory gear out of your backpacks and make a big pile here in between us because this isn't like his gear and his gear and her gear. This is yeah. our stuff to get to the finish line. Okay. Right. And so right before the gun went off, he started taking the bulk of the weight from the pile after assessing like all of our strengths and challenges in that sport, mm -hmm. in the sport of running at high altitude. And wow. he realized I was probably carrying more weight than I, than I needed to, and okay. that we had other stronger runners. So he took the uh -huh. bulk of the weight from that pile and he handed it to the two strongest runners wow. for, for that, for the, you know, for the, that first leg. And he just handed wow. me a water bottle. <laughs> I was just standing there with only a water bottle. <laughs> and I was, and I was totally mortified, but, but I realized that he was right. You know what I mean? I, I said, can I just wear my empty backpack? And he said, no, everyone else, you know, Everyone else wearing their empty backpack, but you don't have uh -huh. to. And here's why. Here's here's what we're going to do. Everyone on this team needs to suffer equally. And he okay. said, think about it, Rob. If you leave this start line with your full backpack, your heart rate's going to be like 180. You know, yeah. Keith Murray, our strongest runner, his heart uh -huh. rate will be more like 140. And he's like, wow. if I can okay. make both your heart rates 160 somehow on this leg uh -huh. by giving him more weight and you less for a while, you know, until uh -huh. we get to a sport that's your strength. You know, aren't we going to wow. move faster, more efficiently if we're all, you know, kind of doing this thing that we called suffering equally? Wow. And and it was the first time overnight after that first day. We were not only moving weight around all day long. We also invented the next day after we took the lead for the first time in an international adventure race. Uh -huh. Like overnight, uh -huh. for, at first we were just moving weight around. But right. then um, the next day, one of my teammates said, I think there's a more efficient way to do this. 
And so uh-huh. he cut a piece of bungee cord off the netting in the back of his backpack and he made a tail at the bottom of his pack. Okay. And so that he that he was saying, you know, I'm, we don't have to move packs around. If someone needs me, if I'm stronger in this leg, just grab onto okay. me and come with me. And so okay. we realized, like, why would we wait for someone who's challenged right now if we can just all have these little bungee cords and we can just take whoever needs it with us? And, wow. you know, so it was like really in that race that we just established our, our culture. And we realized that, you know, I'm going to be stronger at different times. You're going to be stronger at different mm-hmm. times. Yes, we have a team captain, but yeah. there's a big difference between management and leadership, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're always, mm-hmm. if you're a manager, if you're a team captain, you're always going to be the facilitator of your team member's success, uh-huh. but you don't always have to be the leader. In yes. fact, it, part of kinetic leadership is understanding that it makes my team stronger if I let other people emerge based on their strengths, you know, in wow. that moment. It could be the newest person on the team. Let them lead with their strength and not worry about titles or tenure or what it says on your business card. Uh-huh. It's like the newest person might be bringing something amazing, you know, to the team that unless you mine that or, or ask them and talk to them and say, you know, where you're coming from, what's your background, what's your strength, what can you bring to this team? And you let them lead, you know, with that strength. And so I was better, um, for some reason, women were better later in the race because okay. we never lost any weight during the race like the guys did. <laughs> the guys okay. would lose like 15 to 20 pounds and we'd lose zero pounds. Oh, wow. So we were always like, yeah, it's, it's, don't get me started on that. But it was, it was, <laughs> it was crazy because near the end, I'd be the one carrying the extra weight or, you know, or right. sometimes towing people or kind of keeping the team, you know, keeping okay. the team going. Cause my, my energy would sort of go like this and theirs would go uh-huh. like this. Uh-huh. So there'd always be that point where we were equally strong for a while. And then, you know, and then I'd sort of start taking the lead more. I was also a really good paddler. So you know, my strength was in, right. was in paddling. I was also a, a decent mountain biker, you know, so I knew that, that my leadership and my strength was going to come in, in the different legs and later in the race. Wow. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't worry about just having a water bottle, you know, off the start line um, because I knew that the leadership on our team was, was constantly going to change. Um, and that wow. was just a hallmark of, of what made us great. That's fantastic. It really is. I would like to also say that it really is like a hallmark of human synergy, right? That, that that's mm-hmm. synergy right there. And and I would also say that what did you say that is suffering equally is also <laughs> like a form of human synergy. And you guys yeah. really work so much. I love that. I love that story. Um, uh, I earlier I asked if it was either adventure racing or firefighting. If you had any examples around that, but. I feel like this is also a good chance or an opportunity to kind of like start talking about a uh, project Athena, right? Because you're just, you're taking this experience in like a team sport and then you're sharing it onto us. But I feel like also project Athena is now an opportunity for you to give back what you've learned and what you've experienced throughout your entire life. I feel like it's such a noble cause and I feel like it's something that our listeners might want to hear. So tell us about Project Athena. Uh, What is a memorable experience or transformation that stands out to you when it came to starting that project or continuously running that project? Okay. um, I'll tell you a little bit about it first and kind of how it, how it happened. Um, After, after, Gosh, years and years and years of adventure racing, I discovered that I had um, end-stage osteoarthritis in both my hips. 
So I started having hip replacements at, at 40, which is good times. And so I, I've actually had six hip replacements now. (laughs) How did you handle that? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Because they all started failing because I would, you know, I'd get a hip replacement and then the minute I could walk, I'd try to start to run or I'd try to start to race and I broke my femur. Uh, one of them okay. broke my femur. Another time there was a cup that, that went from outside my body to inside my body, like oh, no. the, the metal cup that was supposed to hold the ball. And oh, it no. was just, yeah, it, don't, do not try this at home, kids. But anyway, <laughs> after my first replacement, I thought, okay, you know, what am I going to do with this? Like, I'm not going to be a, a really good adventure racer anymore. So okay. what can I do with all this background and experience? And Jeez. it just came to me one day that... You know, I wasn't going to be defined by my setback. I was going to be defined by my comeback. And so I thought, I thought maybe we can do this for other people. Like, you know, kind of not have them be defined by their setback, like their, their breast cancer or, um, you know, their traumatic brain injury or whatever it is that the, you know, setback that they've had in their life, or, you know, maybe even, you know, being in a, in a traumatic event. Um, I was like, what if we took some of those people who had a big life setback and turn it into a huge comeback story through adventure uh-huh. and endurance sports? And wow. so Project Athena was born um, with that idea of turning setbacks into comebacks. Uh-huh. And um, so our first adventure was, gosh, we started in 2009 and have oh, been my. going ever since. And so every year we we take survivors and volunteers, if anyone wants to come uh-huh. with us, we, we do everything as one big team. Uh, we suffer oh. equally the whole, the whole way. <laughs> right. And um, so we take survivors and fundraisers who are our volunteers on um, five adventures per year. And and so those adventures are we do a Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim hike where we hike all the way across the Grand Canyon and back in, in two right. days. And then we do a kayak and bike ride down all the Florida Keys from Key Largo to yeah. Key West over three wow. days. And we do a 50 mile hike through the Red Rocks of Sedona oh over two goodness. days. So these are like big, big adventures uh-huh. that you never really would try alone, but with a team and with, with mm-hmm. us and with, with uh, my team of trail angels uh, who are all wearing these blue shirts, Project Athena. And, uh, and so we're, <laughs> yay. so we're there to, um, you know, to, to facilitate all of, all of these people's success. So all of our adventures uh-huh. are between 10 and 45 people. And, um, and we all travel as one big team. And so we basically, you know, take people who aren't sure who they are anymore, you know, after a big mm-hmm. life setback and, mm-hmm. You know, we we return them as a badass endurance athlete. It's the coolest oh thing. Like goodness. they leave home as like their family's sick person, and and they come back as their family's badass endurance athlete. And it's yeah, it just it's such a huge transformation for people. And um, so uh, one of our first Athenas was a, a girl named Allie, and okay. she had um she had torn her ACL in a soccer oh. match. Okay. And this is when she was, you know, 18 years old. Oh, and man. for some reason, after the surgery, her leg became locked straight, like locked in the straight oh, position. No. And for four years, no one could figure it out. She was on crutches for four years oh, with a locked straight leg, this poor kid. Oh, and so she finally just said, take it, take it off. I don't want this. I don't want this leg anymore. I'm just dragging around this, you know, piece of wood mm-hmm. every day that's mm-hmm. attached to my body. And so as a, as an 18 year old kid, she made the decision to have an above the knee, uh, amputation. Oh, and wow. within a couple months, we had her out on the Florida Keys adventure. And no yeah, so she did a 120 mile kayak and bike ride from Key Largo to Key West. Oh my and, goodness. 
And then she went on because she was like, she was so excited about her capabilities after that. Like uh -huh. she rode a bike herself. She didn't even ride right. a tandem bike. Like she had right. her prosthetic leg and she rode her bike and her leg, her leg was actually like the suction wasn't fully working on, on her prosthetic leg because her, her stump kept shrinking over time. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> she was riding down the street, the Florida Keys, and her leg popped out oh, of the no. sleeve and she fell into the street. And oh, we were all like, all of my coaches were just horrified and because and, she's on the ground and she's kind of like on the ground and, and we can see her like kind of moving and shaking a little bit. We're like, oh my God, oh my God, she's crying, she's crying. And, and we come running up to her, stopping the cars. And we we pull up to her and we're like, Allie, Allie. And she rolls over and she is laughing so hard. Wow. <laughs> she, she just thought that was the best thing. That She's like, I am riding a bike in the Florida Keys. Like, this is one of the best days of my life. She goes, I don't, oh. I don't care about any of this. And she was like so full of excitement about what her capabilities are. Uh -huh. Yada, yada, yada. Um, six years later, she became a doctor. And uh, hey, she, there went, you go. <laughs> she oh went to medical goodness. school. She became a doctor. She was on like the Paralympic skeleton team. Like oh, she wow. just, yeah, she just went nuts with you know with her capabilities after four years of you know of wondering who she was or if she you know anything was ever going to be the same. And so like people have those kind of like crazy transformations on our adventures. They just. They don't want to stop. They they're like, what else am I capable of? What else am I capable of? And then the ripple effect from that as well is so cool because our Athenas and Zeus's we take male survivors too. Um, they they go home and there's this amazing ripple effect of they want to then help somebody else, you know, to uh -huh. to walk a local 5K uh -huh. or to do something that they they never imagined they could do after a big life setback. Um, we took five blind people on the Florida Keys oh last year. Uh, yeah, blind. <laughs> and they and they kayaked and biked and rode bikes 120 miles from Key Largo to Key West, and um, yeah, just gives people so oh, much goodness. confidence in themselves. Like it's amazing. Oh my goodness, that's that, that's why I said it really feels like a noble cause. And the way you tell these stories, I can see the brightness and the you know the meaningfulness radiating off of you about the the kind of life that you give or the new lease in life that they are given through the project that you guys, I love how you said, um, I love how you said they come out as a badass. And that mm -hmm. just gives them the tools to kind of like lift themselves up and rebuild themselves and find something new and go on to continue that. I love it. It's it's the reading through that and researching through it. I'm, I said like, wow, it's so interesting. And I'm really, really wanting to you know you gotta come with us someday exactly like so just go For on sure. to projectathena.org if you go on to projectathena.org you can see all our adventures and you can uh, you can apply to be one of our volunteers who's a god or goddess okay and um and come with us yeah fantastic fantastic uh, robin as much as i'd like to hear more of your stories i really do um we're nearing the end of your of this one um I'd like to give you the opportunity, of course, towards the end to uh, let us know what else you want the audience to know. But before that, um, with such a diverse and successful career, you know, from race, world champion racers to firefighting to being an author, what what does the future look like for you, right, Robin? What are your plans going moving ahead? And if there are any challenges you're aiming to explore, 
what is a new milestone you would like to achieve? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I'm going to keep inspiring people as much as I possibly can. So, um, you know, we're on the road half the year. Uh, we do about a little over 100 speaking events a year, which uh -huh. is which is so much fun. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely wow. keep doing that. Um, keep coming up with new Project Athena adventures as long right. as I can do them. As long as I, I'm still <laughs> capable of doing them, which I hope is about another 20 years. Everybody knock wood at least. And um, and uh, I really hope to also have an animal sanctuary someday. That's kind of always oh. been a, a dream of mine to to exactly. rescue animals. That no, actually in Sedona, Sedona or, okay. or Prescott, Arizona. Um, you know, to kind of take animals that are in shelters for long periods of time. You know, the 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 not super cute ones that no one can instantly you oh. know no one wants to instantly adopt. And uh, mm -hmm. I also want to train um, rescue dogs for agility competitions. Wow, so, no, I, those yeah, are a lot. Of... Been... <laughs> I have a lot of big prizes. Big prizes. <laughs> yeah. If anyone, if if anyone can achieve them, Robin, and what you've shown throughout your life, and what you've shown the audiences today, you can definitely not just you, all of us, right? We can all achieve our big dreams. We can always come back from a deep hole. A huge setback yeah and come out a badass it's just focus like Robin. it's just focus yeah i just remember you're like you're never defined by your setbacks you're always defined by your comebacks and so every every setback that you have is an opportunity for a huge comeback story and That's um fantastic. yeah and if you want to know more about the eight essential elements yes, of please. human synergy um mm. i wrote a book called how winning works and uh, and the subtitle is yep eight essential leadership lessons from the toughest teams on earth. I did not title that. <laughs> the <laughs> the publisher titled that, but it's called it's called okay, how okay. it works. And um, yeah, and it's basically like all these stories about about adventure racing and firefighting and you know kind of how we how we build a world class team. All right, so here's the thing: we try to get a little bit better every day but we can't do it without you so if you like the video make sure to like and subscribe below and if you have any comments just leave them in the space under